while everybody gets settled in, I'll share a little something, an event from my week. And I know people, I mean, if I was sitting on your side of things and looking at all the stuff I tell and how it just randomly lines up, you think, you know, he must go through a lot of trouble to get all this stuff to happen and for it to... And it don't, I mean, it just does. You know, you just have to live this life I'm in to, to really get it and understand it and understand how it all just lines up with what happens to be the message for that Sunday morning. I couldn't put this together if I wanted to. We have been in this um, big battle for going on three years now where they sent this little dark-haired girl to live at my house and completely change life in and of itself. And one of the things that we've tried to instill in her the whole time she's been there is, is to take responsibility. You take responsibilities for whatever actions you do. You, you take responsibilities for um, the decisions you make, and, and it's your responsibility to do certain things around here. And, and you've got these chores, and I know it's early in the morning, but that cat's got to be fed, that bed's got to be made, you've got to pack your own lunch. I know I'm just this evil person with all these demands, right? But it just seems so small to me, and it's just so important to me that she learned these things. Well, Tuesday, Amanda gets to work, and, and um, I was at the shop, and <coughs> she goes, you ain't going to believe this. And I was like, don't even tell me. Wait, just wait some other time. Don't tell me. During the time that... Montana should have been doing those chores because, believe it or not, it's that way for a reason. You know, you, you get out of the bed, you get yourself ready, you feed the cat, you make your bed, you pack your lunch. There's enough time for all of that. Well, during that time, instead of doing those things, she got bored and decided to take a magic marker and draw on herself instead. Oh, it's funny to you. <laughs> it wasn't funny at my house. So I get home that evening from work, and she's in there scrub. She had to wear it to school. She didn't even have time to scrub it off. And we have our discussion, and I leave the room, and my wife follows me, and I said, I now know why my mom and dad appeared to be the two maddest people in all the earth when I was a kid. <laughs> I get it. It wasn't the people that work, they worked with that made them mad. It wasn't the people on the road that made them mad. I made them mad. My behavior. And I believe I owe my mom and dad an apology. So I picked up the phone. I really picked up the phone and I called my mama. And I said, how are you? And she said, I'm doing all right. I said, I called to apologize. And she went, for what? And I said, all them years, I thought you and Daddy just enjoyed being mad. Mama, I'm sorry I made you live a mad life. <laughs> she said, what has Montana done now? <laughs> it's easy. When I was in the middle of all that, I couldn't see the whole picture. When I was in the middle of, of making those bad decisions and watching my dad grit his teeth and talk to me like this right here, I couldn't understand why it was so why it was that way. But now that I'm separated from that moment in time, I can look back and see what I was doing. 
I can see where I was at. I can see a better picture, right? So many events in our life, so many times we stand in the middle of the storm and we don't get it. We can't understand it, but we get down the road a little piece and we look back on it and go, I get it. I now know what God was doing in my life and inside of me in that time and in that moment. And sometimes in life we, we begin to respect and, and, and be thankful for things that we had in those moments that we didn't realize we had until we was away from it a little piece. And you look back on it and you can see a little bit more of the picture. I called and apologized to my mom and dad for being the source of their anger, but in that moment I had no idea. I was the reason they was mad all the time. Now I see that. Now I can appreciate more of what, what it was that had them upset. Now I understand that the things they were trying to get me to do were for my benefit on down the road. Now I understand why it was so important that I had something to do every day. Couldn't see it then. I thought daddy was just mad at us and just wanted to be a slave driver and make us do things we didn't want to do. Now I see the things that it grew in me because I had those responsibilities. Now I see the importance of it. I look back over my life and, and, and the spiritual aspect and I go, when I was in the middle of that, I couldn't understand what God was trying to do inside of me. And as I began to think about these things, I, I began to think about the people in Scripture and how they went through things. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fire. God didn't put the fire out. He just put Jesus in there with them, right? Those storms the disciples endured, God didn't just calm the storm. He put Jesus in it with them. The storms in my life, God didn't remove. At the time, I was praying, God, remove this. This hurts too bad. Get me out of this. And instead of doing that, he just put Jesus in there with me so that on the other side of it, I would be more like the reflection of his glory he desires for me to be. What kind of story would it be if we just told the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and went, they prayed and God put the fire out. But instead, we see them walk through the fiery furnace, but not alone. Jesus right there with them, right? Turn with me in your Bible to Galatians 5, 1 through 15. Galatians chapter 5, 1 through 15. And before you stand up, I got a little, uh, uh, put a little something new on Nathan this morning. One of them last minute deals. We'll see what he come up with. I've been trying to give all my, top, my uh, messages something to make you remember them. A title or, or do like singing, and y'all know I don't need to be singing, but like singing a word or two of it is well so that it sticks in your mind. Something. Do something. Give it a catchy title. Give it something so that you remember it. Well, this is what I came up with this morning. This is the title of my message. Go ahead, Nathan.
right. It's about freedom. Everybody's trying to achieve freedom. Willing to fight for freedom. Willing to die for freedom. We have men and women, people out of this church, family members out of this church that signed with our country to fight so that we can have freedom. People that have fought in the past and gave the ultimate sacrifice, gave their life so we could live in a country that's free, right? Freedom. 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 You know, that freedom isn't free. It costs somebody something, right? The true spiritual freedom that God gives us an opportunity to have was not free. It cost him his son. And so many times we take the freedom that God has given us and go and use that freedom to get bound up with something else. He didn't give us freedom so we could yoke up to some other burden. He provides us freedom so we can live a life of freedom and glorify His name in every step we take every day. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are uh, severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. For where, uh, for you were called to freedom. Not only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. You may be seated.
Is there anybody here this morning that would raise their hand, shout, applaud, amen, whatever, because you know what it feels like to be set free? Is anybody in the house this morning, anybody at all, that has ever been set free? Has anybody experienced, thank you, has anybody experienced being set free? Physically, spiritually, been released from something. Had something removed from you. I have the weight of my sin. When God forgave me of that, he set me free of that. He rewarded me with freedom from that. So that I don't have to walk around with that burden. Being freed from something means it's been removed. I don't have to walk around bearing the load and the weightiness of the sin that I have committed. I've been set free from that. According to what we just read, for freedom, Christ has set us free. So that you can walk in freedom, Christ has set you free if you're a child of His. If you're a believer, a follower, if you have a personal, growing, living relationship with Jesus Christ, then you have experienced freedom. Spiritually, you know what it's like to be free. He's done that so we could have and experience true freedom. No weight, nothing holding us down, nothing keeping us from doing what he's called us to do. That kind of freedom. Keep reading. Stand firm, therefore. Stand firm, therefore. Since he has given you freedom, stand firm in that freedom. Exercise that freedom. Use that freedom. In other words, stop acting like the world is the worst place in, in the whole universe to be. Stop acting like it can't get no worse than where I am. You've been set free. Stand firm in that freedom. Stop letting the world tell you what kind of drudgery you're living in. You ain't in that drudgery. You've been set free from that. Right? Stop letting the world... I, there's a song out that says... Um, Fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. Fear wants you to believe that you ain't capable of nothing. I look at fear and say, you're right, but I'm not in this alone. Christ has set me free from your truth. <laughs> you're a liar now. I don't have to obey the things of this world. I've been set free from that. Stand firm in that. Believe that. Enjoy that. Embrace that. God's grace has been poured out on you by the bucketfuls. Walk in that grace. Live like it's real to you. Freedom. Stand firm in it. Embrace it. Know where it came from. Celebrate where it came from. Remember where it came from. Because if I get too full of myself, I'm too bad decisions from being where I was at any given time. That ain't a good place. I don't have any desire. I've been freed from that. I don't want to go back to that. 
I've been freed from that. I want to stand firm in that freedom. Keep going. And do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. If you've been set free, there's no reason for you to yoke back up with anything. No kind of burdens, no kind of nothing can get on you and control you. You have the option to tell Satan no. Use your freedom, enjoy your freedom, endure your freedom. Stand firm in your freedom and don't go get yoked up to some other nonsense. He didn't free you from one thing so you could yoke up to something else. But we do it over and over and over and over again. God frees me from one thing and I go tie myself to something else. And they just keep repeating that cycle. That's the flesh in me coming to the top. That's my flesh man being stronger than my spirit man. And I give in way too often. And way too often I allow things that don't amount to nothing to cause me to be yoked up to something I ain't got no business being yoked up to. I must be the only one, but that's okay. I'm the only one in a lot of things in my life. Freedom. Stand firm in it and do not submit to anything that causes you to yoke up. Listen, go on to verse 2. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I want you to, that word circumcision is important and the people that Paul is talking to, that's what he's talking about is circumcision. And these guys are trying to be, uh, somebody's trying to convince this church that you have to be circumcised to be a follower of Christ, to be saved, to be a, a part of the church. So that's the specific thing right here that Paul is addressing. But I can assure you, we can go through the scriptures and I can show you, you can put a whole lot of things in place of that word circumcision. A whole lot of, we can put a whole lot of stuff in place of that word circumcision, look here. If you accept any work, anything that depends on you, Christ will be of no advantage to you. You got that? You with me on that? I can add anything in that, sen in that sentence. I can tell you that if you are convinced that you must be baptized in order to be saved, Christ is of no advantage to you. I can tell you that if you believe you must be a church member in order to be saved, Christ is of no advantage to you. I can tell you that if you believe you must work to earn your salvation, Christ is of no advantage to you. There's a lot of things that fit into this category, and those are some of the things I'm talking about that we yoke up with. In those cases, you would be yoking up with the law. So it'd be hard for me to preach grace and then at the same time tell you that you must this and you must that and you must this. The only thing you must do is submit and be obedient to Christ. 
It's His grace that gets me to this point. Not nothing I can do. Not no amount of money, not no amount of work, not no amount of preaching, not no amount of sweating. It don't, it, it's not up to me and my abilities. It's solely based on faith. That's it. And when we add something to it, then we've removed the importance of what Christ did. Because now we've said, if, if we, we can do it without him because we took this step and we did this thing. When the reality of it is, the only thing you can do is humble yourself, submit to Christ, right? And accept the payment that he's paid, the grace of God. It's not about what I'm capable of doing, but does that mean that I don't have to do anything? I just throw my hands up and say, thank you, Lord, and go sit on the pew and never do anything else? Well, we said it and talked about it in Sunday school this morning. What happens if Noah don't build the boat? <laughs> he heard the word. He believed the word. He can confess, God, I believe everything you just said, but if he don't build the boat. So you can get too far on either side of this thing. You can apply too much of anything. You can't just throw works out, but you can't just base it on works. This freedom that God has given us, he gave it to us so we would have the opportunity to share that freedom with other people so that they would desire that same freedom that is only available through a relationship with Christ. But it's a, it's a happy balance that we've got to find. Because again, we can't just say, well, that means works ain't important because if Noah don't work, guess what? Right? So it does require something of us. Let's keep going and find out. Um, I testify, verse 3, to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. If we decide to take on one part of it and say you must this, then you've taken on all of it. Because scripture says if you broke one, you broke them all. So in other words, I can't pick and choose the things that I'm good at and set that as a standard for everybody in this building and leave off the things that I struggle with. Right? I've, I've never been a drinker. Never. When I turned 21 years old, I bought six beers. Six months later, I poured five of them out. That's how big of a drinker I was. I hated the taste of it. Everybody said, oh, it's an acquired taste. I said, you know what that means to me? It ain't no good. I didn't have to acquire a taste for chocolate. I didn't have to acquire a taste for ice cream. I didn't have to acquire a taste for cake. You know why? Because those things are good. So I can stand up here and preach and preach and preach and preach and preach and weigh you down with the negatives of drinking. And it would be easy for me to do that. You know why? Because that's not a problem for me. Never has been. But there are things that are a problem for me. And for me to choose one thing, and <laughs> watch out, for me to choose one thing, <laughs> somebody's thinking, yeah, preach on the sin of gluttony, big guy. 
But see, that's the, that's the thing, and that's what happens is we take this freedom that God has given us, we find the things that we're good at that we don't have a problem with, we harp on those things, and then we avoid the things that are a challenge for us. Right? That's not the intentions of the freedom. According to this, if, if you're going to take on one of the laws, you've got to keep them all, every single one of them. So as individuals, as we go out into this world, we've got to keep that in mind, that as we want to point fingers and point things out, listen, the only reason you're free is the grace of God, not because of your ability. Don't take advantage of that freedom, though, and go get yoked up to something else. And don't be trying to apply the law to somebody else if you ain't willing to follow them all yourself. Right? You see how this all works? Listen, this is a big old uh, catch-22, and it's all important, and it's all needed, and it's all necessary. And it all has, a, has, a, has an amount of weight that, that puts it in its proper place in the spectrum of the entire gospel. But where it all gets out of kilter is where we take one portion of that and apply it heavy to our lives and leave the rest of it off. Listen, this ain't no buffet. You can't just walk up and get the parts you like and leave the rest of it laying there. You can't do that. That's not what this is for. It's meant to be applied. Listen, what if Noah built most of the boat? <laughs> what if he did mostly what he was told? But we do that, don't we? Boy, I'm, I'm doing mostly good most days. <laughs> Well, don't be so proud of that. That's almost failure. <laughs> we got to apply the whole thing. We got to do the whole. He had to follow every instruction, right? Noah had to do it all. He couldn't do part. He couldn't pick and choose. Maybe he was a good carpenter and he liked that part, but he didn't like feeding animals or collecting grain. He didn't get the option of just doing what he was good at. He had to follow the whole word, the whole instruction. And apply every aspect of it to get the end result that was desired for him to get. And listen, if he don't follow instructions, ain't none of you here. Man don't exist no more. We wouldn't have a deer season. There wouldn't be no deer. If Noah don't do his job. So why we want to partially do ours? Why we want to take this freedom and abuse it? People are willing to fight for you to have freedom. Christ died for you to have this freedom. Don't forget that. Don't, don't negate that. Don't, don't allow that to slip by you. Keep going with me. We're going to finish this up right quick. <clears throat> Verse 4. You are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law. What? Go back and read verse 3. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. If you decide to take on that avenue and you decide to, to negate what Christ has done, then you have been severed from him. That's painful to think of. That's painful to think of. 
For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. There is only one source of righteousness. That's God himself. I, in and of myself, cannot attain righteousness. It is not possible. The only way for me to have righteousness is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is my hope. That Christ can do exactly what he says he can do. Because if he can't get me there, if he can't give me the relationship that makes it attainable, it's not attainable. And I can never be what God has called me to be. My only hope is that Christ is who he says he is. It's all the hope I got. It's all the hope you got. Don't abuse the freedom. Why would we possibly allow Christ to free us from something and then go get into bondage with something else? Live the free life. The life of freedom that God has given you in a manner that makes Him happy. Our whole goal should be, able, should be to go to bed tonight being able to honestly say, God is pleased with what I did with this day. My whole goal in everyday life should be to make sure that every step I take is pleasing to my Creator. I want my Father to have a happy heart. So many people in this world just want somebody to be proud of them. Right? I growed up, I just wanted to make my daddy proud. That was what I wanted to do. I got it out. We, we fooled with old cars and hot rods and worked on stuff and tore stuff apart and put it back together. And I just wanted my daddy to be proud of me. So I took on building model cars, and I probably built a hundred of them dumb things all my life. Little old plastic things, paint them up and put different engines out of this one, out into this one, and take the semi-wheels off of that one and put them on this one and create these crazy things. And, I, and I'd get the finished product and I'd go in to my dad and hand it to him, hoping to hear what a good job I did. He'd turn it over and go, mufflers ain't that color. <laughs> that engine won't fit in that car. Those two colors don't match. And in my mind, what I'm hearing is I, I can't do enough to please him. In his mind, he just wants to keep raising the bar to make me reach further. Our Heavenly Father, all I want to do is please Him. And for five minutes I might, and then I look up and He's shaking His head like this. Not because He isn't proud of what I have done, but because He knows there's so much more I can do. But see, my measuring stick is Jesus Christ. So until I compare to Christ, I have work to do. Until you measure up to Christ, you have work to do. It's not that he's not proud of who I am today versus who I was 
whenever. It's that my measuring stick is Christ, and I ain't got there yet. Don't abuse the freedom. Apply it. Be grateful for it. Stand firm in it. And don't forget where it comes from. Don't forget where it comes from. I'm going to finish this out with, I'm going to drop all the way down to verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Suppress the flesh. Tell self no. But through love, serve one another. Through love, serve one another. Hang on. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You want to fulfill the law? Do this. You want to take everything the prophet said and make it come to life, make it fulfilled, make it complete? Do this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That ain't just the people with the mailbox next to yours either, by the way. <laughs> Love your neighbor as yourself. Now there's another point in, at another point in Scripture when Paul says that all the law hinges on two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. If you love God with all you've got, you will love your neighbor. If you genuinely love your neighbor, you can't love your neighbor without first loving God. It's not possible because the kind of love he wants you to display is not available but one place, and that's him. So it's not that it conflicts itself. It's that it's true no matter how you write it. If you want to fulfill all the law, love your neighbor as yourself. Put everything aside and just love on folks. Here we go. If you don't, if you bite and devour one another, watch out. That you are not consumed by one another. Fulfill all of it by loving your neighbor as yourself. Y'all pray with me. Father and our God, I, I just come to you to say again, thank you for this day and this opportunity to be in your house. Father, I thank you for um, the worship we've had this morning. I thank you for um, each one in attendance. And I pray, Father, that our hearts have been opened to your word. And I pray, God, that um, everything that was said and done was glorifying to your name. Right now, I just pray that you would give us the courage and strength to respond in whatever manner you have impressed upon us to respond. I pray, Father, for your continued guidance as we finish out our service this morning. And I pray, Father, for you to be with each one as we depart and go our separate ways. I thank you, I love you, and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.